I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Back to this week's episode of the State of Recruiting, your weekly Horns 24/7 recruiting podcast. I'm Mike Roach, and I'm joined as always by Nick Harris, and uh, it's going to be a, a, an action-packed show with lots to talk about. But before we get into that, we want to point you to the other great shows on our network, including the flagship with uh, Taylor Estes and Chip Brown, and the Longhorn Blitz with Jeff Howe and Rod Babers. So, Nick, before we get started with the show, how has the week gone for you? Going pretty good. Uh, visit season's getting kind of crazy, but, um, you know, we have a, a big visit to preview this upcoming weekend with uh, 2023s and even 2022s, so we're going to have a lot to get into today. Yeah, you know, we wanted this, and I have to keep telling myself that, but I'm already experiencing some of that recruiting fatigue, um, and we're like a week and a half into this thing, and uh, it just feels like a grind, man. Like, literally, as soon as we stopped writing all the post-visit stuff for last weekend. I started writing all the pre-visit stuff for this weekend. And I know it's going to be that like that for the next three, you know, three weeks. So it's a little daunting, but um, I guess it's, it's good to have news to write about. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, we waited, I guess, 15 months for it. So we, uh, we can't be complaining now that it's here. <laughs> yeah, we asked for it. I got to keep reminding myself. Nick, I'm looking at you through our screen here, and you're just looking up. Do you have something above the uh, the monitor? Is it your TV or something? Are you watching something right now? Yeah, it's game three, softball national championship, Oklahoma and Florida State. Okay. I didn't know you are a big softball guy. I am when it comes around to the, uh, the World Series. It gets pretty fun. So do you, I, I'm just trying to imagine your setup in your room. Do you have like a little desk with your computer and then your TV is mounted like right above that? Uh, yeah, the desk is pretty big. So the TV is actually on the desk. So oh, okay. Just... Okay. I got you. I couldn't tell if it was like up on the wall, like above you and you're just like sitting there looking straight up. Sorry. <laughs> uh, sorry guys. We're, uh, we're crazy on the brain. All right, let's jump into it. Nick last week um, was the first week of visits. We recorded a live show from the parking lot. It was your first camp experience, your first uh, time doing a, a Texas camp. What were your thoughts on, on that experience? Yeah, it was pretty great. And, um, you know, kind of looking at, uh, the camp scene in like the last week or so, um, Texas has been able to identify some talent and throw out some offers that, uh, to even some kids we haven't even heard of, um, uh, we can point to one in particular, 2023 offensive tackle, uh, Colton Thomason from uh, Smithson Valley. Uh, they they identified him at uh, one of their camps and offered right on the spot. So, I mean, that's the beauty of camp season. These guys can uh, evaluate in person with a lot of different recruits. And, uh, you know, it's definitely beneficial. Definitely beneficial, excuse me. 
Um, and then, of course, they had their big official visit weekend to start the, the month. Probably one of the smaller ones in the area. You know, it seems like Texas A&M had a really banner event with a lot of guys. LSU had a ton of guys. I I feel like I didn't hear a peep out of Oklahoma this weekend, um, which is odd. Uh, I don't know what their what their situation was. Maybe we'll get Colin on for that at some, you know, one of these weeks and um, talk about common targets there. But, um, you know, I think for Texas, it was kind of a nice little starter weekend for the staff to to get acclimated with a with a small but but really talented group. And um, I think probably the the big uh, takeaways I got from it are I think Dar- uh, Texas put themselves into a position of power with with Texas high edge rusher Derek Brown. And I, you know, he came out of the weekend. He canceled the AM visit. Uh, I, right now, I'm currently in a battle with people online as to whether he canceled it or they canceled it. I, regardless, AM is out of the race for Derek Brown. And, and that was that's significant because that was one of the, um, you know, the bigger targets for or the bigger uh, obstacles for Texas in that race. And the reason that I'm not so quick to buy that Texas AM. Um, was the one who canceled the visit is they've been, you know, if you talk to people at in Texarkana, they'll tell you that the two schools recruiting them the hardest as of late are Texas and Texas A&M. They've been in constant contact um, so much. So I was told they were also trying to be in constant contact while Derek was on his visit. Um, so I think that there were a lot of things that just went sideways there. Uh, we'll probably never know exactly what it was, but um I, coming out of the weekend, Texas put themselves in a really good position for a, a huge need on their board to Derek Brown. Yeah, I agree. And that's uh, that's another thing with visit season is there's going to be a lot of he said, she said type type ordeals. And this is definitely one of the first ones, even though it may not be on a major scale for, you know, one of the bigger recruits. But Derek Brown is definitely, you know, a, a great talent in himself, a four star edge rusher from Texarkana area. And I think, uh, you know, like you said, Texas did a really good job this past weekend. Um, and uh, getting him on campus, uh, communicating with him well with a you know variety of different coaches on the defensive side and Steve Sarkeesian. Um, and uh, he liked what he saw. And, you know, I, I still sweat OU just a little bit, um, but I still see Texas as the leader, like you said. And, you know, you put in a crystal ball last night. I think that's a safe pick. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm kind of curious to see how that one shakes out. Yeah, I kind of wanted to see if that post visit visit high wore off. And if if you look around on Twitter right now, Derek Brown is extremely pro Texas. So uh, I think think we're feeling good on that one. Jeremy Patton was a guy coming into the visit. You and I had crystal ball picks in on, and from everything I heard, you know, it went really well. Talking to Jeremy after the visit, you know, his his comments were that he would rate it above a ten if he could, and that uh, to him there wasn't anything on the trip that didn't stand out. Yeah, I think Texas is uh, putting themselves in a really good spot for Jeremy Patton. Uh, I think they're putting themselves in a spot that if they want him, uh, they could probably they could possibly grab him at the end of the month uh, as far as a commitment. Um, he's going to be taking trips to uh, Michigan and Baylor, if I remember correctly. Uh, there might be one more sprinkled in there, but uh, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, that's right. Um, but regardless, I see uh, you know I see Texas as the leader in that race and. Um, you know, something that's kind of interesting, they're, they're really going after a lot of these small town guys, uh, and they've identified them as, you know, big time talents. We can look at Jeremy Patton from a 2A high school in Tenaha, um, Brennan Thompson from Spearman, a 3A school. Uh, and you, you can even look as far as, uh, you know, 23 class with Ruben Owens at El Campo. Um, you know, I find that stuff really interesting, um, and uh, especially that they were able to get him 
in on the first weekend of official visits and, uh, you know, prioritizing him at the linebacker spot. I find it really interesting. And, you know, I think Texas could definitely close on him uh, when the time comes. Another linebacker they had in and, um, you know, we can kind of combo this part because I talked to sources on Texas side. You talked to the kid. Uh, Nuafe Tualamaka from Bishop Alamania, Mission Hills, California. Um, you know, looking at, at – everything going into the race, it was all kind of Notre Dame over the last month or two. But um, from the guys I spoke to on campus, uh, it sounded like Texas has done enough to pull even and make that, you know, a really interesting fight. I think the, the key thing for them right now is keeping this two horse race between Texas and Notre Dame. If Oregon or or even USC comes back around and, and muddies the waters a little bit, it could change things. But right now, if it's a two horse race, Texas has a puncher's chance. Yeah, I agree. I talked to Nwafe on uh, Tuesday, I believe it was. It may have been Monday night. Um, and he liked everything he he saw from from the Texas visit. He said it went greater, way greater than he expected it to be. Um, he, uh, he made the trip with some family members, including uh, his mom and uh, sister as well. Um, and they had a great time. And, you know, something that he's really prioritizing is academics. And he was surprised by the uh, the academic front at Texas and you know Macomb School of Business that's a, that's a place he would want to go if he ends up at Texas he was surprised by you know how prestigious it was that being said the Mendoza School of Business at uh, Notre Dame is arguably one of the top in the country as well so they're going to be able to pitch that as well as uh, his relationship with uh, Coach Freeman uh, and Coach Brian Kelly out at Notre Dame uh, those two are really strong and they're really uh, close with Nwafe. Um so the that Texas was maybe able to pull even, even at best, he's still going to be taking that trip to Notre Dame this upcoming weekend. And that'll give, uh, you know, the Irish an opportunity to, uh, to pull back ahead and go ahead and secure that commitment. You know, I see, I see Nawafig closing his commu- commitment down probably in the next three weeks. Um, if I had to give a, you know, a pretty good timeline, I think it happens before the end of June. Um, so if Texas can, you know, stay on him even after his Notre Dame visit and, uh, you know, try to pitch, uh, uh, try to pitch the fact that he can come in and play early um, and compete for a, a starting spot in year one, then, uh, you know, they might be able to uh, secure his commitment. But, you know, as of right now, I still see Notre Dame as the leader right there. Um, also on the trip, uh, Trevante Citizen, uh, I'm going to quick hit the rest of these guys. Trevante Citizen, Hard Texas, did a, a pretty good job with him, came out of the weekend feeling good about where things stand with Louisiana running back. Also, DeAnthony Gatson from Newton, another guy that I think that if they choose to push for is that running back too in this class, um, they could close down and, and get. And then Bishop Thomas, uh, the defensive tackle from Orlando. I haven't heard a ton on him. He doesn't talk a lot and – uh, but, you know, from everything I've heard, Texas is, is right in the mix there as well. Um, they also came away with a, uh, a big uh, transfer transfer news. Keelan Robinson, the Alabama running back uh, who made his way to campus um, and has decided to make his transfer to Texas, adding a little more firepower to that Texas offense uh, coming into the fall. And, Nick, I think that um, – you know, looking at things, probably running back wasn't identified as a huge need. But when you can get a guy like that, especially one that, you know, several members of the staff have familiarity with, I think you got to take that chance if it helps the overall explosiveness of your offense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is a guy that has speed. And uh, we've said it on this show many times, this uh, this new staff at Texas, they prioritize guys with speed. 
uh, guys that can take a top off the defense, whether uh, it be in the slot, it's kind of like an H-back role for Keelan Robinson or out of the backfield. Uh, I think he'll be able to serve both of those purposes. Um, I'm intrigued with how they're going to use him, just considering how stacked the running back room is for the next, uh, you know, three to four years, um, uh, assuming uh, Jadon Blue and Ruben Owens uh, signed to Texas. You know, that room's going to be really, really stacked moving forward. I mean, and even looking at this upcoming season, um, he was pro- he'd probably be a third option, uh, second option at best at running back. So uh, I'm curious to see how they use him. I, I know they definitely have a, a, a way they want to. Um, but, I mean, he's a guy with speed, and you can't teach speed. So if you can have a guy like that on your team, that's definitely going to be solid. Um. One unofficial visitor that came in over the weekend that um, wasn't expected until late was Cole Hudson. Uh, his uh, it was fortuitous for Texas that um, Arizona State was playing in the uh, Austin Regional in baseball, where his where Cole's dad played baseball, and they they sh- you know wanted to come down and ch- check that out. And um, you know I think that uh, that allowed them to come and, and make an unofficial visit the week before his official visit. So uh, that's huge for Texas getting him on campus two weeks in a row, you know, talk to his dad, talking to him, they raved about the energy. And then just the fact that Kyle flood sat with them for two whole baseball games and, and spent time with the family, um, you know, really shows you how, how much Kyle flood is a tenacious recruiter and, and shows you how much Texas wants Cole Hudson. Yeah, fortuitous, like you said, it was definitely fortunate for uh, for Texas that, you know, Arizona State uh, made it down to Austin and gave the Hudson family a reason to go down there. Um, yeah, shout out to Kyle Flood um, doing some work, you know, with uh, Cole Hudson and his dad just kind of watching some baseball over the weekend. And this is definitely an, uh, a guy that we're watching. It's more of an interior lineman prospect for, for Texas to possibly be able to close on. You know, I see this as a Texas and Oklahoma battle. Um, but, uh, you know, Texas is definitely in a good spot and they'll be able to get him for an official visit this upcoming weekend. So, um, you know, I'm curious to see how that one shakes out. You know, Texas is doing a really good job with their offensive line prospects right now. Um, even though there's not a commit in the, uh, in the fold and, uh, we're coming off a, a 2020 or 2021 cycle where things were, uh, were definitely, uh, you know, less than ideal, uh, in the offensive line position group. Um, I, I think it's still important to remember that, you know, Kyle Flood is doing a really good job with these guys. And, you know, every time we talk to an offensive line prospect, they, uh, they have a lot of great things to say about Kyle Flood. So, um, the commitments will roll in, um, and we just got to kind of be patient on that. Um, let's switch gears this weekend. Um, and, and let's kind of start with today because there are a couple of big visitors coming in today, uh, Thursday, as we record this, um, we we've, uh, there'd be some, some guys on campus today, including Brian Allen, uh, who's coming with Jaden Allen, his little brother who just picked up a Texas offer for camp, uh, Jalen Hale, which I think is a, is a huge story. Texas getting Jalen Hale on campus after looking kind of dead in the water in that recruitment earlier in the spring, you know, maybe they can uh, re- reverse some of the, the momentum in that recruitment. Um, and then uh, going into the weekend, um, we've got a huge list, probably too many to go blow by blow on this, on this, uh, on this visit thing, but we're going to go kind of highlights of the, the 22 official visit weekend of the 23 unofficial visit weekend. For me, when you're talking about the 22 officials, the, the guys that, that stand out on this list and, and, you know, obviously all of them are important. They're all coming in on, on official visits for a reason. Um, but the guys who really stand out are Cole Hudson, who we previously mentioned, Jacob Sexton, because you need to find offensive linemen in this class. And then Sebastian Cheeks, who I think Texas has a chance to, to really 
you know, start start putting their foot on some people's necks if they can uh, with this recruitment. We've, we've reported in the past that they felt a, a growing sense of optimism around Cheeks, um, getting him to see Austin and, and everything about it. He's this is a kid that's always been intrigued by Texas and Austin, even before he had an offer so much so that I, you know, he and I were talking before Texas had ever reached out to him because, you know, he felt so strongly about the program. So um, those are the ones that stick out to me on the official visitor side. Yeah, I agree. I want to talk about those linebackers that are coming on campus this upcoming weekend. You talked about Sebastian Cheeks as well as Robbie Snelling. I think that one's going to be an interesting one, uh, considering that uh, there's going to be an Austin Super Regional going on, and he's one of the best baseball prospects in the country. Um, he did get an Oregon Crystal Ball this past week from uh, you know our Steve Wilfong, so that one's going to be kind of curious to see how that shakes out. But that'll be four linebacker prospects that they'll bring in on the first two weekends. Um, and then kind of highlighting around, like you said, Jacob Sexton and Cole Hudson, uh, you know, getting these offensive linemen uh, on campus and, you know, uh, focusing on these guys. Uh, it's definitely going to be uh, interesting for sure. Yeah. The, the linebacker thing is, do, I mean, do you think they've, do you think they've figured out they've got a problem at linebacker on campus? <laughs> you know, they, it, it, the thing, that's the thing I really do like about this class, uh, the staff is they've had this linebacker problem for years. And yet, you know, I mean, last year staff didn't get to bring guys in, but they were, there were times where they would just be like, well, there's no linebackers in state. Sorry, I don't know what you want us to do. And, I mean, they're trying to find guys from all over the country to, to remedy this problem. So one other guy I should mention on the 22 front who will be there this weekend, not on an official visit, but you might as well treat it like one, is Cam Dewberry, another offensive lineman from Atascacita. Um it basically comes down to this. He had uh, six schools he wanted to see. He only gets five visits because Texas is close and because Texas is a school that um, he has been to more than any other. He's decided to unofficial to Texas, but told me he's going to treat it like an official. I mean, he's going to go down and do all the presentations and the meetings and his family's going to stay through. They'll just be paying for it. So Look, I've always said it's really hard, in my opinion, for a team to sign a kid that doesn't take an official. And I think that that stands here, even though he is going to take this uh, very unconventional type official. Um, I think it, it definitely, you know, you, you, he could have done the same with A&M and he didn't. So I think that that says something about Texas chances. But that said, I don't think they're out of the race whatsoever. Um, and for anybody who wants to bring it up in comparison to Derek Brown, like it's which is not even the same thing. He's actually still going to take the visit. So um, I uh, I think that's another obviously really important one for Texas. Yeah, for sure. Looking at the 23s that are coming on campus this weekend, it's going to be a huge, huge weekend for 2023 recruiting. Uh, there's going to be a lot of guys that are coming in just one day, and there's going to be a good group that's going to be coming in for the entire weekend. Uh, we've, we've talked about the highlights many times, Arch Manning, Ruben Owens, um, Ashton Cozart, uh, but I mean, just looking down the entire list, I mean, you've got guys like Anthony Hill, Harris Sewell, Ashton Porter, Dalton Brooks. I mean, any, any 2023 in-state talent that you can think of is going to be in Austin this weekend. So it's a, it's going to be a huge weekend for recruiting that 23 class, uh, and trying to get some steam going there. Yeah. Well, you're talking about, uh, I think guys that are elite playmakers that, that have talked about wanting to play together, possibly when it comes to Manning and Owens, Jonte Cook. Um, in that group as well. Anthony James, the Texas A&M commits also going to be on the trip. Um, so we'll see where, th where things kind of land with him. Jordan Renaud and, you know, an NFL type talent already um, is, is a guy that they can make a statement with as well. So um, yeah, it, it's going to be a packed. Oh, here's the big one that we didn't really mention. Jaquez Petaway. Um, and for people who don't really know it's about Jaquez Petaway, it's, it's mostly because he doesn't do interviews or, or anything of that sort, really. So it's really hard to get quotes from him. 
but this is a kid out of Langham Creek who has, um, you know, insane production. Uh, last year alone, um, he put up uh, a thousand yards, seven touchdowns. And then also the athletic, the verified athletics, um, you know, a triple jump of 43, a 10.5, 500 meter time, a 21.72, 200 time. So, uh, I mean, that's a big time kid that, that Texas has to figure out how to keep from, from going away from them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jaquez Petaway is definitely a big time talent that they're going to be able to get on campus. And if I'm not mistaken, that's going to be his first, uh, his first unofficial visit. Um, so that's going to uh, be- He was at A&M today, actually for camp. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So being one of the first few to, you know, for him to get on a campus and, you know, meet these coaches, that's definitely going to be huge. And especially for, you know, once again, speed guys, and that's definitely a speed guy in that 23 class that they're going to be able to get on campus. But just kind of looking at the receivers they're able to bring on uh, on campus this weekend. We've talked about that 2023 in-state receiver class being so strong. They got Jalen Hale on campus today. They'll have John Tate Cook, Ashton Cozart, Petaway, um, and some uh, and some others on campus this weekend. So uh, it's definitely a, a good sign that Andre Coleman's doing a you know pretty good work in that class right now. Um, they're going to be able to bring some speed guys on, on board as well. I'm going to give you a name. This is the name coming out of the weekend that if Texas comes out of the weekend with a little bit of buzz and they don't have to be the leader, they don't have to hit crystal balls, anything like that. But if they come out of the weekend with a little bit of buzz as a legitimate contender for this player, I think it says a lot about kind of the vision that people have for for this offense under Sark. And that's Carnell Tate from IMG Academy who's coming in. I know for a fact he's a major priority for Texas on their board. Just picked up an Ohio State crystal ball, so we know how it is going to battle against Ohio State for for top-notch receivers. But has been really excited about coming to Texas since they offered him. So I'm really interested to see what his post-visit vibe is um, and and where Texas realistically stands coming out of that weekend. Um, Nick, anything? um, There was also basketball visits. We previewed those last week. There was a big one with, uh, with Keontae George. Um, Anything you want to mention from last week and anything you want to preview for this week? Yeah, last week, uh, Texas only had one official visitor on uh, on campus, and it was Keontae George. Um, talking to some sources on both sides, uh, it went fantastic. Um, things went really well in Austin this past weekend with Keontae George. They were able to, uh, you know, see the campus, see the facilities, you know, have some, have some meals, uh, check out the Austin Baseball Regional. And uh, if you were at that Austin Baseball Regional this past weekend, um, and when that staff came through with Keontae George, there was a huge uh, applause and um, a lot of cheering going on and, you know, Keontae George, you know, that was really one of the highlights of his visit. So um, that was definitely a, a big time visit weekend for, for the Texas basketball staff. And they have another big weekend coming up this weekend. They're going to get two major targets on campus. Um, four-star combo guard, Anthony Black from Capel. Uh, he's going to be on campus as well as five-star power forward, Kijani Wright from Los Angeles. Uh, these are two of Texas's biggest targets right now. Um, and especially looking at Wright, you know, this is a, a top 10 player in the country, according to 24-7 Sports. And, um, you know, aside from Keontae George, this is definitely one of the, you know, other top priorities that, you know, Texas would love to get into the fold. And if they were able to somehow land Keontae George and Kajani right, that would be absolutely massive for, uh, you know, the first few uh, years of the Chris Beard era. But they're going to be able to get him on his first official visit this upcoming weekend. Um, you know, Kajani Wright's kind of one of those guys that doesn't talk a whole lot. 
uh, kind of like we mentioned with Jaquez Petaway, um, just kind of hard to get a hold of him, uh, hard to get a read. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to, you know, get more of an idea after his Texas official visit this upcoming weekend. But uh, I see UCLA, USC, and Kansas also being involved in that recruitment going forward. I, I assume he'll be taking visits to those spots as well. Uh, and then looking at Anthony Black, um, he's starting to get a lot of interest from some big time blue blood programs, including uh, Duke, Kentucky, Gonzaga. So that one might end up being uh, a little bit more of a heavyweight battle than, you know, the Texas staff initially thought when they first came on campus. Uh, but that's just kind of a credit to Anthony Black in the summer he's having. He's or the spring and summer he's having. He's po possibly having one of the best uh, off seasons on the AAU circuit of any recruit in the country right now. Um, he's blowing it up at the Pangos All-American uh, camp this past weekend in Las Vegas. Uh, he was one of the best guards in attendance. So uh, it, it's definitely good that they're going to be able to get him on campus first uh, before he takes official visits to Oklahoma State and Iowa State. And I assume he'll take he'll uh, save those last two official visits for the for the season. Uh, and, you know, I expect teams, you know, like Duke, Kansas, Gonzaga, Kentucky to, you know, vie for those last two official visits. So that one's going to be more of a heavyweight battle than initially thought. But Texas is definitely in a good position, uh, especially uh, getting him uh, on campus this upcoming weekend. Yes, my guy, I will be tuned into that one. And I, you know, I don't usually tune into basketball recruiting, but uh, I, I'm a big fan of Anthony Black personally. Um, his mother is an Irving, uh, Irving resident, former Irving Nimitz uh attendee so uh i feel like uh we have a kinship there all right uh nick before we get on to the mailbag well, I, earlier this week i was approached by james sackville a former punter from smu who as uh i've always been fascinated with where technology and recruiting intercede he has a new app and new product he's working on and he joined me earlier in the week on the podcast to talk about it so uh please enjoy this interview with james sackville we hope you're enjoying this week's episode of The State of Recruiting. We'll be back with the second half after a word from our sponsors. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage with over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride-or-die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And now joining me on this week's episode of the State of Recruiting, it is James Sackville, a, uh, a former SMU punter who is, is 
really doing some cool things in the recruiting and technology space uh, that he reached out to tell me about. And so I said, well, why don't you come on the podcast? So uh, James, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Pleasure to be here. Um, you are, uh, you're connected with air, which is w- what you were telling me is basically a, a, a LinkedIn slash dating app, but like make it for college students. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to probably do a horrible job explaining it. So why don't you give us the, uh, the elevator pitch of what air is? Sure. Yeah. So air is a three-sided platform, which combines the concepts of LinkedIn and a dating app, uh, but for collegiate athletic recruiting. So student athletes can create their own athletic resume promote themselves to relevant college coaches, compare themselves with their pe- with their peers, swipe left and or right on a university to indicate their interest. College coaches have the ability to sort, filter, and swipe on a prospective student-athlete based on their specific wants and needs. You name it in regards to filtering, they can do it, whether it's how fast they run, how high they jump, what where they're from, what position they play, what their academic situation is, who else has offered them. You name it. Uh, a college coach can filter accordingly based on whatever their specific wants and needs are. And then we also have a third user, which is a liaison. So in this context, it's a high school coach, private trainer, recruiting service. It might be mom, dad, grandma, uh, an academic counselor, for example, someone that can act as the third party or intermediary between the athlete and the coach. And there are a few reasons for it, as I'm sure you, you and your audience are pretty familiar there are certain rules on when communication can occur between a college coach and an athlete, depending on the time of the year or if it's an under, underclassman, et cetera. So that's the first part. The second part is the way that we see it internally is recru- getting a job in a professional setting and trying to get a college scholarship. The recruiting process is, is almost identical. You know, if you fill out 40% of your resume and you don't have any letters of recommendation, you're probably not going to get a job in a professional setting. The same would very much apply if you're trying to get a scholarship, which is really a very high paying job for an 18, 22 year old boy and girl. You probably want to, you know, present the best version of yourself and have, you know, a letter or or two of recommendation that really vouches for your ability and and you as a person to hopefully, you know, take it wherever you want to go in in your future sport, wherever the university may be. So that's really the thought process there is to is to represent the athlete in the best light possible. And then also for those small, you know, those, those high school coaches, those small business owners, those recruiting trainers, et cetera, to be able to give them a platform to build their own business as well. Uh, that was, that's really the thought process there. So from 30,000 foot, it's a three-sided marketplace, combine the concept of LinkedIn and a dating app, student athlete, college coach, and then of course their liaisons. Um, so you being a former athlete, you know, I mean, how did you, you've been through the process before kind of how, how did you come about to be involved with this or, uh, you know, get, get into this or have this idea? Yeah. I, as you can probably hear from my voice, born and raised in Melbourne, Australia. So not from, uh, the state side originally, uh, and was lucky enough to come over on a football scholarship to play football at SMU, uh, despite having never, ever played the game before. So my, my, uh, story in my roadmap was very unique probably unlike almost anyone that you know grew up playing high school football or any other sport here in america to go play in college but my process was and it's by no fault of the program i came from but i didn't have options mm-hmm. i pretty much it was just like my program said you're going to smu and i happened to get very lucky that smu was an excellent school and a great fit for me but it could have very well ended in a very different scenario and at a different institution that didn't suit me as an individual. So I kind of looked at that and I was a bit frustrated because I wanted to have control of the process. And I thought that I, I was talented enough and worthy to, to kind of 
have that ability. Um, and then when I got to America and I listened to the stories of my teammates in the locker room, they have the same. I had I heard so many stories of, you know, I should have gone to school X, Y, and Z over SMU because, you know, my high school coach screwed me or I might have gotten injured. Or I came from a low socioeconomic background or whatever, whatever the excuse was, I heard it all. And my thought process was, if any of this is true, then that's like unacceptable in, in this day and age and the technological world that we live in, there has to be a better solution. Uh, so that's why, that's why I built air. Uh, so listeners of this podcast will be somewhat familiar with your process because last, last year, Texas signed pro kick Australia punter, uh, Isaac Pearson, and we had him on the podcast and he talked about the process of basically, Hey, they just, they kind of knew I grew up watching Texas because of Michael Dixon, but uh, they, they kind of just said, Texas is for you. So uh, yeah, not having that option is, is obviously a, a frustrating thing for a young man. Where are we at in the, I mean, are, is, is this app fully online? Is it still in the developmental stages or, or I mean, have you started working with athletes yet? Where are we at uh, chronologically with it? Yeah, we, uh, as of yesterday, we are two weeks live into the market, both on iOS and, and Android. Um, we are, yeah, we're, we're, it's been a, a very successful uh, first few weeks where I think seven and a half thousand users strong at this point in time, about 60 universities and counting every single day. And, and the, you know, the beauty of a platform like this is the value of, of it grows every single day as more athletes get on. I mean, the, the big piece of feedback that we've gotten is that, Twitter is incredibly inefficient um, for recruiting. You know, Twitter just happens to be the place in which we recruit because that's where the most people are. But unfortunately, if you were to go on Twitter right now, in four consecutive posts, there might be one thing about football, one thing about politics, one thing about cryptocurrency, and one thing about who knows what else. And it's not tailored. It's just, it's just you know, there because that's the algorithm of Twitter. And it's by no fault of Twitter. It's just Twitter has become this, you know, massive machine at this point in time. Uh, whereas, you know, a LinkedIn, for example, it's far more tailored to the niche of what you're trying to achieve here. So with, with recruiting, you know, there's a very clear audience for, Hey, like I'm interested in recruiting. I want to know where these kids are going. I want to be able to help myself. I want to recruit the best players available as a coach. Um, I want to compare myself to everyone else that I'm fighting against for a scholarship. So there's a very clear need for it and to be able to present your whole resume, the big picture, rather than just like, you know, filling up your Twitter bio with as much information as you can relevant to your recruiting. I think that's a more efficient way of doing it. Um, what, what has been the reaction, I guess, from college coaches when you've put this <laughs> in front of them? Yeah, they, they, they love it. Truthfully. Uh, it, we've gotten schools, I mean, coaches from, from big power five programs is all the way down to, you know, junior college. We're, we're certainly not discriminating, um, the level of, of competition and that every opportunity is a great opportunity and every coach fundamentally every single coach needs to recruit the best players failure to recruit the best players means you probably don't win and if you don't win you don't keep your job so any tool that can help coaches win uh, they're going to jump all on board and really the big thing that we found and through interviewing hundreds of college coaches is that they can make a decision on an, if an athlete is capable of playing at their institution within two or three plays pure athleticism alone, regardless if the kid is academically incapable or whatever it may be, just raw athletic talent, can he play here? So we don't want coaches to wait you know, seven or eight minutes falling in love with the kid and then realize that he's never going to be able to get into school or he might have off-field troubles, whatever it might be. We just want to be able to be like, okay, raw athletic ability, I like it. 
then go learn everything else about him. And then if I want to watch more film about him, I can do that and I can do a deep dive for an hour if I want to. But on, on face value, we live in instant gratification world. Let, let, co- let coaches make a, a decision and move through processes more efficiently. Okay, so um, you guys were out at the SMU Mega Camp, uh, kind of promoting the product, whipping water bottles around, which I'm sure was was appreciated as as hot as it was out there. Um, that and that was basically I told people a coaching convention with the amount of guys in town. So um, I hope you got to connect with some new guys out there. And then um, you know, uh, did you guys get to connect with any student athletes, any recruits, and what have their thoughts been about it? Yeah, I think we had 1,500 um, student athletes get on the platform this week, um, just from oh, the great. just from the SMU Mega Camp. Uh, we spoke to you know just about every coach, or, or at least one representative from every school that was that was at the uh, at the Mega Camp this weekend. It was it was very much a coaching convention, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I've never seen so many coaches in one place. But I mean, I guess other than the AFCA. But uh, yeah, it was it was great. It was an incredibly productive weekend. Uh, for us, I mean, we're we're two weeks we're two weeks old in the market. We've been building this for the better part of a year, but um, it is because, truthfully, in my opinion, this is a new product and a, and a new innovation here. There is an education component to explaining why this this is a more appropriate solution than you know anything else in the market. Because we're a pla- I, the big distinction is we're a platform. We are not a recruiting service. Right. We, we are not claiming to be able to match anyone with any like anyone. If you're talented, the platform should do its job. If you're not talented, I mean, there's nothing we can do to really help you. It's a bit of will. It will tell you if you are because people will tell you. Right. Or the lack of attention will be obvious because you're like, I mean, that's, that's really the thought process. I mean, it's, it's no different than, than LinkedIn. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, we're just connecting. You're, you're just connecting people at this point and then it's up to them to do the rest. Um What's the next step for you guys? I mean, obviously, it's about getting the word out and uh, and and educating, as you said. But is there a next step, or is it kind of just hey, continue to grow it as we've been growing it, and, and hope it takes off? Yeah, big big emphasis in kind of uh, the camps the camp scene here over the over the summer months, and then going into the fall, uh, we've got a few partnerships that will be coming out here in the next few weeks, which which you'll see that'll really kind of show the the growth trajectory there, but. We are also uh, going to make it very, I mean, very clear to everyone listening and, and everyone involved that we're starting in just college football, um, but the objective is to scale into all 34 sports that the NCAA offer, both men's and women's. Um, so we're, we're, we're starting in college football. There's, it's obviously, as, as, as you and the listeners know, it's a big market. Uh, there's a lot of money in it, a lot of media attention. It's the sport that I came to America to play. It's where my network is, but uh there are an overwhelming amount of uh, of both boys and girls and the families in other sports, especially women's sports that are underrepresented and underfunded that need exposure just as much as a football player. So uh, that is the objective going forward. Absolutely. So if any of uh, recruits, uh, parents, coaches are listening to this, where can they go to find out some more information on this? Yeah, they can, they can go on the app store, both the Google play store and the app store and just type in air college recruiting or they can go onto our website, athletesinrecruitment.com, and you can find us on social as well at athletesinrecruitment.com. Or athletes in recruitment, sorry. So we're, we're all around. You'll be able to find us. Uh, and we're, we're hoping to just, you know, make life a little bit easier for everyone involved and, and improve people's uh, position. The big thing, if I could leave anyone with everything, is the, the, the phrase, I didn't get enough exposure, should never be an excuse anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like we live in a t- technological world. You either didn't do enough or you weren't good enough. 
Like the, but the phrase, I didn't get enough exposure should never, ever, ever be an excuse for an athlete or a parent or a high school coach, et cetera, ever again. That's, that's, if we can achieve that goal, um, then we've done our jobs. I love it. No more sleeping on people. All right. Well, James, I appreciate your time, man. I appreciate you coming by. Thank Uh, you. I appreciate you too. um, We look forward to seeing how this turns out, man. And uh, like I said, we will, uh, we're we're happy to, to help you get the word out about it. Absolutely. I appreciate your time. And we want to thank James Sackville for coming back onto our podcast and talking about air or athletes and recruitment. Um, really cool sounding product and uh, really interested to see how that gets off the ground. All right, let's uh, go ahead and jump over to the mailbag. As always, you can get your questions in on the Horns 24-7 message board whenever the thread's put up. To the credit of our Horns 24-7 message board posters, um, I just put this thread up like literally as we started uh, recording and we have uh, enough. So I'm going to go ahead and lock the thread right now. You guys are hearing this in real time as we do it. And let's get started from horns forever. 22. uh, Should we be panicking over Bryce Anderson? Like everybody else on the board seems to be doing. Um, So, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, Texas A&M had a big recruiting weekend as well. They had most of their commits on campus and uh, a few really big time targets and um, came out of it, you know, in in a strong position for a lot of guys. Probably made a a little bit of an impact in that Bryce Anderson recruitment where we thought was kind of all Texas. Um, And it's not exactly surprising. I wrote something earlier in the week about. Uh, kind of riding the waves of these visit weekends. And, um, you know, Texas has to do it with Bryce Anderson. They had to do it with Kelvin Banks. They'll have to do it with Devon Campbell and Evan Stewart and guys like that. And, um, you know, the – and I think also it's important to note that other schools had to do that with with kids they're recruiting. You know, they've got to do that when they go to Texas. So it's just kind of the nature of the beast. I think A&M has kind of always been a dangerous – um, opponent for Bryce Anderson. You know, they have been a school that's kind of been a pillar in that recruitment for the longest. They were the school that when he decommitted from LSU probably grabbed the earliest uh, momentum. And, um, you know, they've always done well recruiting in that Houston golden triangle area. So, yeah, I mean, it's not surprising that they know how to put on a visit weekend. They they've done this before They're a staff of good recruiters and um, they had a good visit with him. I think Texas gets the last shot. You know, there is some question to that. Bryce did tell me that if his school can, uh, you know, will qualify for a seven on seven state uh, tournament, that they will be there. That's the weekend he's supposed to be at Texas. So he'd either have to reschedule or just not go. Uh, But I think at this point, I'm still confident leaving our picks on on Texas for Bryce Anderson, Um, especially if they get the last visit. I think that they kind of solidify that recruitment. Yeah, I agree. I think Texas is still in a good spot. That being said, Texas A&M definitely uh, made this really interesting this past weekend. And, um, you know, if I were a Texas fan, I would be sweating A&M at this point, uh, personally. Um, He had a really good official visit weekend. He was the last uh, recruit to leave on Sunday. Um, He had a one-on-one with Jimbo Fisher for uh, about an hour, hour and a half on Sunday afternoon. Um, And then he was back for uh, an unofficial visit uh, on Tuesday. Um, he had brought up some uh, Westbrook kids to camp and uh, he was up there with Bobby Taylor, just kind of seeing some more stuff. So he's definitely looking deep into Texas A&M right now. And that has to be a concern if you're any other school. Uh, And 
considering he has an Alabama official visit coming up, coming up as well. Um, you know, uh, it's never, it's never for sure until uh, he commits. So, um, you know, Texas A&M and Alabama, they're going to give some, uh, some, some viable competition. Uh, but, you know, Texas, they definitely have an opportunity to close this out if they can, uh, especially if they get that official visit at the end of the month. Um, and I, you know, I should mention, I think that I see this kind of a lot like, you know, you described the new Afe Tuyala Maka recruitment um, to where, yes, that school pulled even, um, maybe even I, you know, I don't know. It's hard to tell. I, that's just, just a comment I have about this is people constantly ask like, where's things right now with a kid? And it's not like there's a meter on the kid's head that says like uh, it's even or Texas leads or anything. I mean, it's hard to say minute to minute. I don't think things change that quickly, but I think they've actually put themselves really, you know, very much in the conversation. And so, but like Texas did with Tui Alamaka, you know, if, if they get him on campus, they get the last shot and the chance to extend that lead. And I think that's kind of, you know, the lead that Texas has had with him is a reason that Anderson gave them the last visit going into the summer. So we'll just have to see, you know, kind of at the end of June. Uh, from Hookham361, uh, hey, Mike, any of the recruits schedule visits during games for the upcoming season? Also, how will you and Nick unwind once crazy month of recruiting is over? Uh, nobody's scheduled anything yet. And I should say – I, the reason I think you're seeing the staff try to get a lot of guys in this summer is there's not a, it's not a great uh, home schedule for Texas. There's no, there's no LSU game on the schedule. There's no USC game or something like that. So um, usually those get scheduled later, uh, later in the summer. Uh, right now it's, it's all about kind of focus on this. As for unwinding, uh, my wife is actually going to take me to Vegas at the end of the month for the last weekend on my birthday. And then uh, in August, I'm going to Mexico for a week and leaving my computer at home. So that's how I'll unwind. I don't know how Nick plans to. Um, yeah, as far as uh, visits for this upcoming season, like Mike said, there's not a great uh, or fantastic home schedule. Um, so, I mean, we could see, we'll definitely see, you know, recruits show up for official visits, but, um, the priority is getting them on campus this summer. Uh, as far as unwinding, whenever, uh, this month is over, I'm going to the opening in Los Angeles at the end of the month. That'll kind of be an unwind of some sorts. Uh, that's an event I've always wanted to cover, uh, you know, in full length. Um, I, uh, covered one day when it was in Frisco a couple of years back. So I'm excited to get down and do that. But as far as, uh, you know, the end of the summer, taking a vacation or anything, I don't know about anything like that yet. You know, Nick, though, he might just pop up and, you know, El Paso or something for the weekend and go or drive to Denver. Who knows? You know, that's that's Nick. That's what he does. So uh, from Sarcastic Fan, that's a good name. Uh, what are some of the notable differences that you guys are hearing about in regards to the previous coaching staff and the current coaching staff in terms of official visit experience for recruits? I know we're less than two weeks in, so you may not have a good feel. Yeah, I don't have a great feel. Um and I probably I've been asked the question a lot. I probably not going to have a great feel until the year is over until I can talk to people at the end of the year and get like a lot of data about it because visits are usually tailored to each kid. So, I mean, not every kid has the same experience. So let's get through this cycle. Let me talk to parents and everybody through the year and, and we'll see kind of how that looks at the end of the year. Uh, he has a, a bonus question here. Who's your favorite movie director? Mine is Kevin Smith, um, which is, I just like Kevin Smith's kind of whole outlook on life and uh, he's directed a couple of my favorite movies, written them too, but uh, I don't, uh, it's going to be unfortunate because somebody called me silent Bob on the uh, board last week. And that's obviously Kevin Smith's, you know, finest role. So uh, I'm sure that will get brought back up. 
Um, as far as notable differences, yeah, like Mike said, we're probably not going to get a complete feel until the end of the cycle. That being said, um, we have been hearing that, you know, Sarkeesian is a, a lot more involved um, than Herman was as a head coach. And that's just kind of like their different styles of recruiting. You know, it works for some and doesn't for others, uh, but it's definitely working for Sarkeesian right now for him being so heavily involved in these visits. Um, Ruben Owens took an unofficial visit earlier this week. Uh, just to get a one-on-one -on -one with the coaching staff before returning uh, this upcoming weekend. And uh, they said they had great conversations with Steve Sarkeesian, you know, and they were there for three, four hours, just talking to coaches, having a good time, seeing facilities. So uh, that, that is one thing that has kind of stood out. As far as who is my favorite movie director, um, I think I've mentioned it on the show before. I'm not a huge movie buff. I don't watch a lot of TV, just in general. Um, but if I had to pick one, it'd probably be Ryan Coogler. Nick hates movies and TV. He hates anything that's like... Say, I will say I'm watching The Sopranos now. I think you'd be a fan of that. I'm on episode four, and I think it's going to end up sticking with me. Uh, Nick, why didn't you tell me this? It's my favorite television show of all time. I thought The Wire was your favorite television no, show. No, that's number two. Okay. Well, I'm really excited. I'm four episodes in, and it's getting pretty good, so uh, I think it might stick. What precipitated this? Uh, a couple friends, you know, and my mom. They're like, you, you, you got to watch this show. Like, if you're going to watch a show, watch this one. I'm like, okay, I will. Yes, yes, yes. I, forcing me to watch the first two episodes for me to finally, like, get on it. It just, I don't have the patience for TV anymore. You oh, know? it's long, Nick. It's a slow burn, but it is so good. And it's dated. That's the thing I'll say is you probably noticed that watching the first couple episodes. Remember, that show started to be filmed in 1998. So, like, there's things you'll see, like, in their living rooms and stuff that you're like, wow, that's that feels dated but the show is still so good uh we gotta move on because i'll just talk sopranos the rest of the podcast if we don't um from red wings ek028 uh do you see a kicker and punter in the 2022 class i do see a kicker not a punter they signed a punter last year um in isaac pearson i think they've got to get a kicker to replace cameron dicker um they've already took a long snapper earlier this week so i did write in mike at night uh I think Monday evening, the uh, kind of a big special teams uh, look at, at guys who were coming in. They offered Robert Gunn, a kicker from Tampa the other day. Uh, Blake Ford from Arlie to Lamar came down and kicked for him uh, earlier this week. And then uh, there's a couple of other guys. There's a guy at Austin Regions whose name is escaping me. And then Gavin Marshall at Frisco High, who will also come and kick for him later in the month. So um, I do see him taking a kicker, not a punter. Yeah, um, like you said, there's going to be two scholarships used on specialists. They already have one wrapped up with the long snapper Lance St. Louis that uh, committed earlier this week. Um, and they're probably going to use that other one for a kicker. Um, and this is just kind of my thinking here. They don't necessarily have to take a kicker in the 22 class, considering that Cameron Dicker is going to have an extra year of eligibility. So if they don't like the options that they see in 22, they can wait until the 23 class. But it looks like uh, the options that are available in 22, especially with the, the offer going out to Robert Gunn last week, it looks like they're going to go ahead and try to capitalize on it and, uh, you know, grab a kicker in the cycle. So definitely here's the watch. other thing. Uh, who's the kid they took last year with the crazy hair as a walk on? Uh, Bert Auburn from yeah. Flower Mound. Bert Auburn talking to a guy that you and I both know who's really ingrained in the special teams world told me he was really surprised Texas was going after because he thought Auburn was a guy that would almost be worth a scholarship for, for most power five schools. He was like, I think they've got their guy already on campus, but he was kind of surprised they were looking for a kicker. So, uh, but it appears they are. So yeah. Um, from average Jack, the realistic chances of landing offensive linemen 
Kelvin Banks and Devon Campbell. I think they're both very realistic. I think Texas is, is in the pole position for Campbell. And I think they are one of two or three schools in the top position for Banks. And um, so, yeah, I, I think both of those are, are really strong. Yeah, I think Texas is still doing a fantastic job with Devon Campbell. That's just going to be one that everyone's going to have to be patient with. I think he's uh, not going to be locking down his recruitment until right at the end of the cycle in December, probably. Um, looking at Kelvin Banks, he took a, a visit to LSU this past weekend that, you know, uh, that he really liked. And uh, especially with uh, Brad Davis is now as offensive line coach in Baton Rouge. Um, the early returns are is that recruits love that move especially looking at Cam Dewberry. He loves that move. Uh, and Kelvin Banks, obviously, uh, taking that official visit this past weekend, and he likes that move. So LSU is going to be really involved there. Uh, Oklahoma State is going to get him on campus for an official visit as well. And Texas A&M is always going to be a player for Kelvin Banks. So um, it might be a heavyweight battle, but Texas definitely has a legitimate shot for Kelvin Banks. Yeah, I think um... – just talking about Brad Davis, like I, I, so last year when it looked like text, like Herman may stick around, but maybe hand would be fired. I wrote up, I did a deep dive on like who could be a good offensive line replacement coach. And, and he came up as like number one on my list because my reasoning for that was I, I didn't know who the offensive line coach was at Arkansas, but I said, Hey, Sam Pittman was the best offensive line coach in the country when he was at Georgia. So who would he pick to be his offensive line coach? Um, and went and looked him up and then looked at the resume. He has got, you know, he's a very accomplished guy and well-known guy in Louisiana. I thought it would have been a fantastic hire for Texas, even more so for LSU, him being a Baton Rouge guy. So yeah, that one's gonna, that one's gonna score high. Uh, from football, 582017, um, are we pretty much done with the transfer, uh, transfer portal for now? Wondering if there's any info on who might still be out there and if Texas will make a run at any. Um, they're still in the race for Caleb Evans. I don't really know where things stand as now after him taking a couple of visits. I would lean that he's probably going to end up at Missouri where his uh, former coach at Tulsa, Aaron Fletcher, is now as the DB coach. Uh, but I think with Robinson gone – Texas will take a run at Evans unless something really appetizing pops up later in the year. I, I think they're kind of done with the portal. Yeah, I agree. Caleb Evans is probably the, uh, the only target left on the board there. Um, so yeah, I agree. All right. Take it to the banks. What is the dream wide receiver class as of right now for Texas in 2023? Um I think it starts with Jonte Cook. That's a guy that they've shown that they're really prioritizing in that class. Carnell Tate, who I mentioned earlier. Um, and then, man, if you can land Jalen Hale, that'd be really neat. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, and then Petaway, probably. I think that'd be the the four. If you want a dream class, dream class. That's your that's your dream class right there. Yeah, that would be my <laughs> four as well. Um, I, I might so, – so substitute out one of those slot guys so maybe i'd substitute petaway out for um i don't know ashton cozart i think he's a guy that could you know end up being a, a big time uh big play threat moving forward um especially once he uh you know kind of develops into his body and grows so uh that could be interesting as well all right our last question is always comes to us from charles daniels Mike and Nick, with the amount of athletes that were at the smu camp last week we've heard it was difficult to get reps um being in seven-on-seven seven practices with my son, I've seen some athletes have an uh, interesting way to steal reps. Working the camp circuit, have you ever had anyone impress you with their ability to steal reps? Yeah, um, I will say uh, a kid I saw at SMU, Devin Turner from Frisco Lone Star, lined up at four different positions during camp. So he may not have been getting all of his reps 
at one position, but he would go line up at safety and take a rep. And then he would go over and line up in the slot. Then he would go line up at corner. Then he would go line up at receiver. So um, he was getting his reps in. Um, that was probably the most creative way. I also saw Hayden Connor do that once by taking tight end reps at a camp uh, <laughs> back long ago. So uh, yeah, it's important. And I mean, I think if you want to fight for reps, you can, like, if you just want to be like, Hey, I'm going to the front of the line, there are kids who will definitely let you. Yeah, nothing really stuck out to me um, at, a, at the SMU camp about certain kids, um, you know, trying to get more reps in. However, it does stick out to me when kids are ducking reps, and that does happen, which is interesting. And that, that's mind-blowing to me that you would pay for a camp, and then you start duck, ducking reps whenever you get there. So, I don't know, that's kind of a, a shout-out to those. All right, that's going to do it for the mailbag, and that will do it for our show. Uh, as always, you guys uh, are what keeps us going, and we're back, I think, on a regu- pretty regular schedule now. So unless, um, you know, some crazy things happen, we'll be back here every week. Um, Nick, anything you want to add before we get out of here? Uh, no, nothing too crazy. Uh, just, uh, you know, getting ready for another week of visits. Let's get I'm, it. I'm guessing the Texas girls are no longer in the College World Series, or I'd have heard about that, right? Yeah, correct. They didn't make the College World Series, but this is the national championship now, and it's Oklahoma and Florida State. Oh, so is this like the deciding game? Yeah, this is game three. Winner, winner takes all. Who's up right now? Uh, Oklahoma's up two to one in the top of the third. Uh, Florida State's threatening, so probably should be a pretty good one. I hear Colin kind of going crazy in the other room. Uh, you know, room for you. So. <laughs> I know that's all. I, I know that's an awesome moment for our listeners who will listen to this Friday morning. <laughs> they are alive, <laughs> a live update of the Oklahoma Florida State softball game. But uh, it is what it is. All right, we appreciate all you guys for listening. We appreciate you for playing along. Uh, go to our uh, pages on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, any of those. Please like, subscribe, rate, review, do all those great things to help us out. For Dick Harris, I'm Mike Roach. We will see you guys next week. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.